Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. <laughs> and I'm Bob Galen. <laughs> yes, you are, Bob. In all of your glory of yes, sorts. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, something like that. Josh and I have fun, or I don't know if he would liken it to fun, <laughs> but we we have uh, we entertain ourselves before as we're setting up for the Metacast. Yes. So... Lots well, of cheap shots at each other's expense. Yes, but that's us. Yes, it is. I what if we were? Can you imagine us not being that way? No, I, it would be no fun. It would be no fun. So, welcome, Metacasters. Uh, what are we going to do today, Josh? We're going to tackle a couple of listener questions today. Listener questions. Listener questions. We're going to be customer focused. We are. Holy crap! That's How's crazy. It? I love that. It is. You would almost think we were agile in some way. You would think. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Let's pop the question. All right. So the first one is around developer and team metrics. 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 Specifically developers. Developer and team effectiveness. Effectiveness metrics. Metrics. I, yeah. I love because I you never know if you're effective. I don't. So I like monitoring that. It's sort of like a heartbeat sort of thing so I'm, I'm, I'm kidding right I don't know how to attack this uh, do, do you want to take a whack at it first well let's talk about something that we chatted about just before we got on the metacast around why this is popping up you you seem to be hearing this a lot in your travels of late well I've been at a couple conferences the last two weeks testing conferences and uh, and it just dawned on me as, as Josh and I were reviewing the questions that uh I was in Toronto the week before last, and then this week I was in uh, New Orleans. No, no, New yeah, Orleans. how do you say that? New Orleans. Okay, that's uh, impressive. Good food. Oh, well, yeah. oh, my God, the food. And I was not feeling well. I was under the weather. Uh, but people were asking me in these a lot of metrics questions. That's what we were saying before the Metacast. And people were, now they were agile metrics, and folks were fishing for agile metrics and healthy and then and then you start adding healthy agile metrics team agile metric tester agile metrics now the questioner was developer agile metrics and uh, and Josh said that this is I forgot I'm I'm thinking to myself why the heck is everyone so interested in metrics all of a sudden and and really and it was discreet it's like there were hound dogs on the trail you know they had to like they had to measure everyone and the reason is, and you're right. It's objective season. It's a, and I'm I'm not. I work for myself. So and God help and, and God save me. I don't what I don't do an annual review on myself, and I don't set objectives. I do, but I do not not like this. Yeah. So it's objective season. So that makes that makes sense to me that everyone is getting metrics happy. Uh, and I've been through this whole cycle of we need to figure out how to measure our developers and know who's effective and who's not. Well, you know, and, and I forget, and, and you know, I, I get a little down on myself sometimes. It's it's challenging being an independent consultant. You mm-hmm. you know that, but there's upside, and the upside is is it's not just even that conversation. I've worked for companies I won't name them, but where you you get every manager in a room and you rank and stack people the entire freaking organization, and then you and then you look at the bottom twenty percent. I worked at a company where you had to actually, it was sort of like, uh, I don't know, where you're defending people, like they're, they're in the death row, and I, every manager would get up and defend their bottom 20%, and at some point we were going to cut some of them. Yep. 
and you, have you ever done that? Yeah, oh, I've been there. I've been there where it's freaking. It's 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 like a nightmare. Where an organization had a quota. Yeah, you might as well have people like those wigs, like white wigs, and with a gallows in the corner. <laughs> I mean, with with gloomy and the grim reaper in the other corner. Wait, no, we laugh, but it's serious like that. It's freaking disgusting. Yeah, and so I so I launched on a crusade myself after being there for a couple of years and going through that. That my team was really darn good, and the bottom twenty percent of my team was way better than a lot of the other members and some of the other teams. So I was like, "There's no way. There's no way." That this person should be let go because of some quota, right? And that was that was a long and interesting battle. Well, no, but I mean, you get into these discussions. It's who's eloquent, who, who what leaders trusted. Right. Very often, it's not based on reality. It's based on eloquence or perception. Uh, if someone coughed the wrong way in a meeting, if someone pissed off, excuse my language, if someone pissed off the wrong senior leader, or made a quip right. in a meeting. Then it's you know very often it's the perception and not the reality is you got great people. Right. I've gone in there with with an entire team that I would put up against anyone in an organization. Yep. And then you end up having these discussions about oh we have to you know you have to take twenty percent of yours versus twenty percent of theirs or you have to duke it out. It was like some kind of steel cage. And it was even worse because I had the biggest team and that twenty percent <laughs> was spread across the entire organization. Exactly. So so the twenty percent I was giving up was rather low. Large. So that was that was fun times. I guess it is that that is this season, uh, and it, it, it crystallized with me why people were so focused on this stuff. Uh, it always goes to functional. The other thing that was weird at the conferences is I always come back with my agile stance, which is you don't measure individuals. You may you may not like this, but and you can yell at me if you want. Oh, but you I measure can. teams. Yeah. And people look at you like, I've got three heads. What? And I'm like, you measure teams. Yes. No, I'm on board with that. I'm not against you on that. My, my... No, no, but these guys like look at you like, like I'm like I'm a lunatic. Right. Like I'm, you know, Einstein. Like my hair. Who's the doc? Who's the, the Michael J. Fox movies where there was Doc? Doc Brown? Yeah, Doc Brown. And he'd come out and his hair was wild. And sometimes there was smoke coming off of it. They look, they look at you like you're Doc Brown. It kind of suits you. It does suit me to some <laughs> degree. It, if my hair was longer, I could do a Doc Brown. But I'm like, but I... I'm, and I'm in the discussion. I'm like, but I mean it. I, I want I want you to measure throughput. And then I I pull what team health. I'd like you to measure team health. I'd like you to care about your people. Well, you would think that, they, that now I've gone into what I need to be committed to an asylum, right? Because what I have to care. The people matter. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So from my perspective, the the only thing I've been comfortable measuring has been that team number. So what I've done is like story points per sprint per employee. And that's all I want us to do is and I want the team to look at that and say, hey, are we getting better or are we getting worse? So I always pair that with a quality metric, right? Because you can knock out more story points but build a piece of crap and then pay for it in the end. So I always try and pair that with the external defect. That's all I care. I don't care about bugs found inside the house. Those are good. Yep. I only care about the escape. So things that customers found that we didn't find. So those are those are the only two things that I've ever been comfortable using is how are we as a unit? Do we like like can we really look at ourselves in the eye and say we're getting better? And developers want numbers, right? And they want to be able to measure themselves. Yep. So all I ever want to do is story points per 
team member per sprint. So that way we can look and say, okay, we're getting better. And I don't want to, like, I've been charged with, like, we need to improve that by 20% this year. And so in order to improve that, we just reduce the timeline on all of our projects by 20% to force that to happen. Right. You so, get, and that, you, yeah. Those artificial things came. I, I agree with you. I call them, I wrote a paper or a, an article or something a while back, and I, I talked about outbound metrics. And what I mean is out, outcome metrics as opposed to inbound metrics. I tried to make this mental distinction. It's the way I felt. And to me, escapes are an outbound. Escapes to customer, outbound metric. Okay. Uh, do I want to micromanage the... Do I want to measure the five things or 10 things or 20 things uh, that could cause that? No, I just want the team to be aware that you have an outbound metric of X. Uh, please improve. If you're unhappy with them, if you have too many escapes, do something, change something, and then look at the outbound metric and see if what you're changing is improving the outbound metric. Throughput would be right. the same thing. Velocity. I don't like measuring velocity, but velocity or throughput would be an outbound metric. Look at what you're producing. Be aware of it. It, and then you, sh you have a responsibility to sort of improve it, I think, over time, or try to. Uh, so see what you can do to do that. Right. But I don't like targets or anything like that. I think it's artificial. Uh, and then once, it, once you put those up there, and then you, if you tie money to it, for gosh sakes, well, then folks are going to game the stuff. Right. And, and, the, and you're going to miss your quality. I think the outbound quality will come down. Mm -hmm. uh, so your customer would suffer from that, from, from my point of view. So I've always liked those outcome-based metrics. Uh, one of the guys we had a round table at the conference this week and there was this testing, uh, another, another, uh, a very famous guy. He's written a bunch of books on test processes, but he's very traditional. And he was like, well, you don't measure the individual. And I was with him there. And then he said, but you don't, I don't like measuring the team. I like measuring the process. Well, I don't know what the hell that yeah, means. What does that mean? What does that mean? I was struggling, and I didn't say that. I didn't want to embarrass him or get into this huge debate in front of people because that wasn't the point. But I'm like, what does measuring the freaking process mean? I like measuring teams. Mm -hmm. I like looking at team-based numbers. I like that holistic, that agile view. I'm, I think that's the right metric. Uh, like what, what, the number of stories, the number of high-quality, valuable stories that we produced as a team, I love that metric. Right. However you wrap it up. Uh, and can you improve that over time as a team? So I don't know what the process for that would be. Like what inspections? I think that's I where know. he was going. Is like lines of you know how many comments per line. Like if your process says comment the code, then you do what? I, it's more policing. You're policing yeah, the process. Yeah. So, so that question that we got. What was the question again that we got? Um, it, it was around how do you track developer effectiveness and team effectiveness. Okay, so so you don't track individual effectiveness. So no. so. Uh, so here's the question: how, how do how? I'm guessing someone's asking. Okay, so how do I know someone's doing poorly? Uh, well, see, and I heard that at both conferences. Okay, I'm I understand that. Let's right. tackle that. So. I don't know. Start. How do we know if someone's doing poorly? So when I look at that, number one, I stay in contact. Right, I'm never out of contact with any of the developers. And I know, and I'm in those meetings, I'm a chicken. I see in here. Um, I don't insert myself into code reviews or anything like that. But we've talked about this in the previous Metacast about how to help someone that's struggling and how we want members of the team to step in and do that before. While we should recognize it at the same time, we aren't going to jump in and save the day. 
But mm-hmm. if the team cannot help that person perform at the level that they need them to, then that's where we need to step in and help the team help them. There's this, there's this mantra, I think, that it comes in, and, it may, and it's probably part of the mindset of measuring in bottom 20 said, bottom 20% and dead wood and all of that crap where managers are the arbiters of effectiveness yeah. right we we are we are the grim reaper we we observe and we decide and i've never i've done that to some degree and early in my career i felt i, I felt comfortable doing that not the grim reaper part but understanding who was doing well and who wasn't mm-hmm. but I want the team, and we did a tackle this in a, in a Metacast. The manager, we should be aware. Please don't go play golf. But at the end of the day, should we be the closest final arbiter to the performance of an individual? And I'd say no. I think the team should be that. Like, if that person, how do we know? They could be working on the hardest thing. The team would know. I think the team knows who's working on the hard stuff. Right. And who's working on the easy stuff. So if you if you artificially measure lines of code... Well, and if you don't know what's difficult and what's not, well, then you're going to reward what? The per- person who's doing the easiest work mm-hmm. or maybe floating. So I want to have that observation, but I want to, I want to, I want to sort of marry it with what does the team, right? what, what does the team know? All right. So I think let's talk about ways to help make that happen. One of the things that I plan on moving to right now, I have a monthly one-on-one with each employee. I still intend to do that, but what I want to start doing is having a, a, 360 feedback more often from within the team. So I want the team to get feedback from their peers I'd love more that. often and more regularly. We don't do that, and I don't want to do that every once in a while. I want to do it like, I want to process. Like I there's products that are out there that are built to facilitate that. that. Right. Um, and I think that's the best way to help people grow. I agree. I, I love, now again, and we're not divorcing, you, you have this wonderful balance you're talking about. Right. You're going to do one-on-ones, you're going to do what you've been doing, but you're raising bar for that team input so that you can balance your view, I'm putting words in your mouth, but no, uh, that's right. But your view versus the team's view versus the reality of the employee. Yes. I, I, I think that's the right thing to do. So, you know, it's not just the managers running around what, what and, and they always want it. What I always hear is they want a dashboard. It's like they want to wire everyone up. And, you know, you don't want to do any management work. You don't want to lead. What do you want? You want to come in in the morning and I want to get my da- my wonderful dashboard that will tell me the top 20, the bottom 20, yeah. and the middle. Who do, how do you instrument people? Where do you shove the wires to, to collect data from people? Right. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy talk. It, well... And I've been places where I've had to say, and where I've jokingly said, listen, if you're not typing, you're not working, right? Because that's the culture they were in, you know? So I'm like, it's okay, right? Like, I want you to stop and think, and it's all right to not be hammering away your keyboard. It's okay to be talking to your neighbor about how we're going to solve this problem. I I remember I contact our chief product owner, she... uh, I won't name her. She, if she's listening, she's probably not. But she, she'll know who she is. Uh, she would. She wanted that. On, she was very uncomfortable after sprint planning for keys not to be being typed at a high rate of speed across every individual. She was like, if you plan on Friday afternoon on Monday morning at nine o'clock, I want to hear high rates of typing from everyone, and it drove me absolutely crazy. 
I, I mean, at some fundamental level, would I smile if I heard that? Yes. But if it's engaged brain, and and, I was, and, and Michelle is her name. I did name her. And Way to go. I know. I know. But I'm like, Michelle, I said, you know, if it's thoughtful typing, then you want it. But if you just want to measure people, I said, people, these are smart, bright developers. They'll start recording things. They'll bring in blow-up dolls. They'll have recordings. You'll hear, yeah, I mean, you'll hear, you'll hear keys being struck at 200 keystrokes per second, right? That no one will be there. They will gain. Yeah. The, they will gain. If that's your measure, they, they'll gain the system. It's not what I want. It's not even gaming it. It's I want thoughtful work. Yeah. Well, and that's something that I've been trying to alter in my work habits myself is um, where I've been in the past few years it's been a lot of um, transitional work so we were non-water we were waterfall moving to agile so there was always a problem getting us there so now we're there here at this company and so now what I need to do and what I'm starting to do and working hard to do is to transition my work that if if I'm not solving a problem it's like, what do I do? You know, so now I'm working on that thoughtful... The leadership side. Leadership side. Exactly. Where it's the leadership of the team, where I stop and, like, it's okay if I'm not typing an email response to somebody to try and solve some issue. Because we've gotten there, we've passed that. So now it's, how are we going to effectively become what we can be as a team and as a product? Because I have both hats I'm wearing from leading the team and leading the product. Yep. So spending a lot more time just thinking, yep. you know, just walking around. Whereas I wasn't in a position to be able to do that here over the past year and change. And then at my prior job ever. Right. That's the, that's the leadership. That's how you get, I mean, talking about effectiveness, they were looking at the effectiveness of the developer, forget the effectiveness of the developer look at the effectiveness of your team mm -hmm. there's no developer or no tester is going to deliver products to your client it's a combination so look at that combination to your point get it working then tune it right and then high performance agility is about tuning it mm -hmm. and that's where leadership that's your job I'm not talking about you but no that's you're the, right that's the job that's that's where you get the benefit all of the stuff we talk about with agility, if you're in that sort of lower tier, you're not bad, but you need to be looking at that promise of what high-performance agility. Right. Where, where now there's there's 20 Joshes worrying about the client, not just one Josh worrying about the client. Right, so I'm trying to make that same transition with our team. Yeah. Of these, these conversations are good, so let's stop. Roll away from the keyboard. Yeah. Talk it out. Talk about crazy ideas. Let's... Let's try stuff. Let's let's experiment. Let's do crazy stuff Absolutely. and see what happens. Absolutely, because we're at that point where we've got the product and <coughs> the team and the culture here, right to where we can do that now. So yep. now it's now it's changing the mindset. So I think to the to the questioner, don't and again, if you want to do it, do it. I mean, we're just we're just providing feedback, but I I, I don't want to do that. I I think individual measurement is wrong. It's traditional. Uh, it's dangerous. I think team measurement is a much better place to be. Effectiveness, efficiency, those things are team-based. You want to influence the team to think about their efficiency and their effectiveness more than you measuring it. It's not a dashboard. It's not you adjusting. You're not running the car by hitting the gas pedal or the brake pedal. Uh, that's, that's command and control leadership. 
you're trying to get the car to sort of drive itself uh, and then provide that vision where are we going we're going to Charlotte why are we going to Charlotte we're going to you know we're going to kick the butt in the banking sector down there with this product that's the cool stuff to do I think we beat that I agree one. yeah okay good question yes I concur so the next one is around agile purists and transitioning to agile so I think the area I'd like to focus on is agile purism if that's even a word there's not anything wrong with that I mean you, you do 110% of scrum and everything's fine yes right no there's no violation no and that's one of the things that I know that I have not done a good enough job of with my teams at least here at my current job I've We've we've been lucky enough to transition um, out of we talked about the Shuhari state before. Yeah. We've been lucky enough to transition very quickly in those, and I wasn't discreet in explaining to the team. Okay, we're taking some of the training wheels off now. It just kind of happened, and the team's like, "What do you mean? We don't have to do that now? That's kind of confusing." Because when you came on board, you're like, "We're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, and we're doing this," and now you're saying we don't have to. So normally when I come in and do a transition, I start pretty darn pure because it's easy. Folks can read it. There's lots of websites out there supporting it. It's, it's, it's yep. tried and true. The, the, the tools that we're using fit that model. And then as the team grows and begins to excel, we start peeling layers off that makes sense for us. So the trouble that I see is when that purism never goes away and you never modify for yourself. Right. And, and Shu Ari is a good model for this in thinking about it because you want agile is about situationalness, and and I don't think you do situational adjustments every minute, so so it's consistency. You know, daily standups. Every day we're going to vary the daily standup. We're going to have it. We're not going to have it. We're going to wear. You know, we'll dr wear dresses one day. We'll wear hats another day. It, it's. I don't think that's agility either. So there is so, consistency isn't always bad. So you want to vary things. But it's it's sort of the right tempo of change, the right tempo of situationalness. I'm here. I'm sensing at the conferences and things, and even in blog posts or in discussions I have with with folks, that people are rebelling against uh, purist thinking, and I don't know why, uh, or purist delivery, the purist delivery of agile from coaches or trainers or, or books, and uh, they want a, They want a menu. Uh, everyone wants to start with a menu now, and they want to negotiate everything. Uh, and I can, can you explain a little bit, like what what people are trying to do, or what they they just like. Do we have to plan? Do we need to document? Uh, they want they want this sort of they want a menu. They want to customize. So so I think you and I would agree that Scrum isn't bad. Scrum is right. a big good place to start. And if we had a shoe team, we would bring plus or minus 90% of Scrum to the table yep. with some with some uh, adjustments that we found to be good, maybe release planning or user stories, which are not in traditional Scrum. We would put a little package together. We would say, let's do this right. And for a while until we get our chops underneath us. Uh, these folks would never accept that. They're like, that's too purist. That's, that's too constricting. Uh, we should be able to pick whatever the hell we want. Uh, so, and, and they're using purism as this very negative, it's like the, and that's the, what I struck me with the questioner, it was like, oh, it's, you know, purism. Well, it's not the purism, I want to be able to do whatever the hell I want. I want to be able to pick and choose any agile practice. So if I have a daily stand-up, I should be able to say I'm agile. Right. 
right? Uh, and if I have a daily stand-up and I'm breathing and I write a unit test every once in a while, I'm agile. And, and I've written some things. I, I, I think agile has rigor. I think it ha requires some maturity. I think it has packages around it. I want flexibility. I want thinking people. If you've listened to the Medicast, you, you know me pretty well. I'm not trying to bring a hammer and what if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I'm mm -hmm. not I'm not saying that, but I actually think people are using that word to, to almost as a get out of jail free card to do whatever the hell they want. And I think I know that for myself personally, the past two companies that I've been have been folks that rejected the pure agile approach and they were doing stand-up so they were agile and this, those stand-ups were half hour long or whatever and everybody hated it so we were brought in to lead the transition and we went to a more pure approach and then as again as the team grew then we started letting the team find the right way so i i agree with you but I know in my past five or six years, I've spent time cleaning up from people that resisted the pure approach to get started. I, and I'm assuming a lot of your coaching now is I, the same thing. You're cleaning I, up that mess. I think it's it's this it's a resistance it's a resistance mechanism. It's purism as a resistance mechanism. Uh, another thing, another way of saying it is, I find so many teams and they don't want to do the hard things. Right. So when they cherry pick, they they don't cher they cherry pick the easy stuff. The hard stuff. What's a hard thing? Uh, having a product owner that's a product owner, damn it, that's defining great stories, that's working hard with the customer. Uh, doneness. Adhering to doneness no matter what. Even when the going is tough, adhering to your doneness criteria. That, that's a, Oh, that's purist. No, I, I actually do, I don't look at having doneness criteria and then holding to it as being right. purist. I look at that as being rigorous. I look at that as being a quality play. Now, now, maybe maybe if that's in your menu and it's under the purest column, yeah. But it, it, I don't think I don't think you can just cherry pick the easy stuff, and then skip the hard stuff or the stuff you don't. Right, it's hard. Or I don't agree with it. I don't agree that you should. That we well, should. Right, people are taking the easy route and yeah. taking the things that are difficult and they don't want to do and they don't understand the value, and they peel those off and assume that why anybody would ever do that. It just doesn't add value. Yeah. So I, so I, so I think that we've both been in places, many places, where that approach has led to failure. Well, I think failure, or the other thing is, uh, and, and maybe it's saying it in a different way, uh, you're not gaining the benefit of it at all. You're, 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 it's like you're this weird crossbreed that has no success. Yeah. Or no chance for for success. It's like you haven't committed to we're going to get better by doing this. It's like well. We're gonna kind of do this. So how do we expect to get anything? So why but do you kinda why better? do you push purism? Why and and whatever, using that word, I I'll, I'll be honest. I push it for the result. I don't push it because I it's it's I don't care. I don't care what a team does. You know, at the end of the day, if it was jumping up on one leg and whistling Dixie and typing behind your shoulder blade. Uh, to get if that was what it took, then if that if that drives great results for teams and they can have fun doing it, do what we're doing software. Let's do the best damn job we can of delivering software right. in a healthy, congruent way. I like Agile for that, but then to, in order to do that, it's the results that pushes me. It's not Bob's way. It's not Scrum's way. 
Uh, and those results change, to your point. It's when you're a learning team, damn it, you have to do, you have to follow the rules to some degree. It'd be like little league teams. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can to we... me, it's just like writing. When you learn to write as a child, you learn the proper way to draw an A. That's a good, and in and boxes, you, In right? boxes, right? And there's little things to trace. You know, draw the circle, then draw the straight part, you get the A. Then the B, you move on to that, and you do that. And then when you get older, you write however the heck you want to write because you know how to write. You've learned. Yep, yep. So you transition to that. So it's that same thing with children learning pen, penmanship, right? It's like, okay, here's the official strict way. This is how everybody learns right. to draw an A. Yep. And you do that. And then as you grow older, people know you're writing an A, but you have your own A. Yep. I think another part of it is to trust of the trust of the leader who's ever leading. Uh, people, you know, sometimes you just have to admit that I don't know. I may think that this is this is good and this practice is bad, but you know what? Josh Anderson knows more. He's he, he's been doing this for ten years, so can I trust Josh? And a lot. Of, so another part of it, or do I pick at him and call him a purist and sort of resist right. him? Uh, so I think part of it is is trusting your coaches, mm -hmm. the teams that have trusted me, and have that have trusted my guidance do better in the the, team, the teams that push back, mm -hmm. and it's not me. It's, here's these principles, the success is theirs by using those principles. But you do have to get over that hurdle of, you do have to become a, almost a servant team mm -hmm. where you have to trust, oh, okay, I'm going to go, even though it sounds asinine to me, I'm going to trust Josh. Yeah. Well, and that's, and I always tackle that with, we're going to try it for one sprint. For two weeks, we're going to try it. I don't care how insane it sounds. Give it two weeks. And then after that, we can tweak it. We can change it however you want. Yep. Let's give it a shot. So I think to wrap that up, I mean, inexperienced teams, Metacasters, it's a, I think it's not only okay, please be purist, please follow you know, basic sets of the rules, please get a coach who's been there and done that, or get the person who has the most experience in your org or your team, and then trust them and follow them, just like they would follow you for architecture if you're an architect. And, and give it give it every essence of your being and, and, and iterate a few times before you start picking at the bones of things yes. and trying to get to the comfort zone. And don't just give up on something because it's hard. Exactly. That's where I see a lot of teams, the mistake they made is that they give up on something rather than alter it. So if planning isn't going well. I agree Planning with does not go well a lot. Planning is hard. So what teams will end up doing is they'll just abandon planning. Instead of abandon planning, alter planning so that it works better for talk you. Talk about talk, retrospect, reflect, and improve it. I agree. Yeah. I, I hear this a lot with distributed teams lately as well. It's like, well, what you know, distributed agile is really hard. And my answer to a lot of them, and they don't like it, is I, I said what I find is distributed agile is hard. It's harder to do. Uh, and I said, teams jettison practices that become difficult for them because they're distributed. Right. And they boil it down to this essence of stuff that's comfortable, which is usually like text messages once a day or once a week to each other. Yeah. And then they complain. It's like, well, distributed agile is impossible. I'm like, no, you didn't commit to agility. Right. What I want you to do is commit to the agile practices, then make it work in a distributed fashion for a while. And, and, and then get some experience. So you don't throw out the hard stuff. Distributed teams notoriously do the same, I think, the yeah. same thing. Cool. I uh, hope we answered your question there. Yeah, if not, 
let us know. We're on Twitter. That's our. That's where we're getting most of the responses. So feel free to tweet us. Let us know. If we're where to off go. base, on base, like it, didn't like it, have another question. What What I love is the fact that we got a couple questions in the same week, or within close proximity. I that's outstanding. So thank you, folks. Yeah, this is our third or fourth in a row that's tackled listener questions. So we um, are certainly putting our money where our mouth is and we're here to help you ask us and we will do what we can the other thing we're looking for is we're going to a conference in vegas in in a month or so or a month and a half in june we're we're, both of us going to be there we're going to be metacasting in vegas in between rolls of the dice and and sips of shots but we will try to keep our head uh, heads about us i will probably be sober uh, Josh, I can't. I cannot promise that. Uh, he cannot promise that. But what we're looking for is is topics for out there, not just topics. Look at uh, look at the conference website. You can uh, look at the speakers there. Agile West and Better Software Conference. Yeah, uh, it's it's on the Meta. I think we put links on the MetaCast mm-hmm. site. Uh, so if you see a speaker that's at the conference that you'd like us to tag team with or do a uh, you know do a, do a conversation with or an interview. Uh, please just just pick it. Uh, we're looking to have some interviews. We're looking to do some three-way conversations. Uh, we're looking to do some traditional metal ca- metacast while we're out. I'm there. gonna live podcast all of my blackjack games. Well, that should be. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there will be many, many folks interested in that job. So I hope you're up late. Yes. So, so give us ideas for that. Otherwise, how do they contact us, Josh? On Twitter, we are meta-cast, all spelled out. On our website, meta-cast, with a hyphen between the A and the C. We're on iTunes. We're everywhere. Give us feedback. Positive, negative. We don't care. We just want feedback. Please help us get better. We're, we're here for you guys. We're here, and we're learning from each other, and we're passionate. We hope you get that we're passionate, not about purism, but about agility because it freaking makes a difference. It rocks. It, and it can't, it, but it's a moving target and it's hard. And that's what drives us, I think. I think that's what drives us. Yeah, you finished that. That was such a good finish. I, I had a cheap shot I was going to throw you away. Now I don't want to do it. Then don't do it. Oh, it's so sad. It was uh, such a good one, too. Uh, I'll save it till next time. Okay, that's cool. So, from beautiful downtown Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all.